Welcome to Purpose and Productivity, a podcast made possible by the SkyPass Group of Companies and SkyLife Success. Join Krish Dunham, an author and speaker whose messaging has been described as the junction where God's ability and man's availability meet hope's accessibility. Monday Musings, the time when we look with a little jocularity and some kind of hilarity at the world that is around us. A world that seemingly has gone crazy. In Musings today, I want to talk about the whole concept of ignorance. Some years ago, I posited the statement that ignorance is not a medal and people should quit trying to wear one or trying to run a race hoping they'd win one. Commercial ignorance when participated usually only feeds your ego and very rarely your family. So I went online to check out and see if I could find some quotes on ignorance by some of the great people who shaped humanity. Mark Twain said, when I was a boy of 14, my father was so ignorant I could hardly stand to have the old man around. But when I got to 21, I was astonished at how much the old man had learned in seven years. George Orwell said, war is peace, freedom is slavery, and ignorance is strength. Aldous Huxley, who was actually Orwell's tutor at Eton, said, facts do not cease to exist because they are ignored. The Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, Nothing in the world is more dangerous than sincere ignorance and conscientious stupidity. Sincere ignorance and conscientious stupidity. And of course, when you look at the great Alexander Solzhenitsyn, the Nobel laureate, it's a universal law. Intolerance is the first sign of an inadequate education. An ill-educated person behaves with arrogant impatience whereas truly profound education breeds humility. Of course, he was talking about intolerance, and I think we see some of the same precepts in an ignorant society. So why the need to talk about ignorance in the guise of purpose and maybe even productivity? Well, there are many things that uh, we are seeing in broad supply. And first is an abundant ignorance which means many things in this world uh, that, deply, that depend on supply and demand, uh, always we seem to have an unending supply of ignorance, which means the demand for it, even though it's increasing, the supply is not ceasing. And usually when demand for something increases and the supply cannot keep up with the demand, eventually you'll have a shortfall. But in the last 10 or 15 years, entire societies have upended themselves because this unending supply of ignorance is fueling the desired dependence on that supply. And as a result, the demand for this ignorance seems to be growing day by day. Each day when you watch the news, it's almost like you cannot believe the headlines. It's almost like you cannot even begin to imagine a conversation of that ridiculous nature taking place anywhere at any time. Some of the conversations that you see taking place on TV between a well-meaning reporter and an innocent bystander seem to baffle the mind that humanity has succumbed to such a level that we are actually giving airtime to such insane 
thought processes. So the things I think that we can do to curb this appetite for ignorance and to curb our participation in the expansion of this ignorance is first, stop hearing and start listening. Now, in Communication 101, it has been said time and again that hearing is involuntary. It's sound vibrating on the eardrum. Listening is voluntary. It takes effort. So when you hear a soundbite that is uh, given by somebody in the media, if you hear a soundbite that somebody says that uh, they have an opinion on something, First, put your thinking hat on and ask yourself, are you just going to go through this as a passive spectator or are you going to go through this in an active pursuit? To avoid being a passive spectator, start listening and stop hearing. There is a difference. When you just say, I heard, I usually tune myself out because I mean uh, or I begin to imagine that you are just you just picked up some sound bites along the way, and if you use basic communication platforms, you deleted something along the way, you distorted something to fit your own narrative, and you destroyed some of the original message because you didn't think it was important that it comes to me. But in listening, you convey exactly what you heard. And I think when you look at the parade of ignorance out there, there are a lot of people listening to ignorant opinions and as a result, continuing that chain of ignorance. It doesn't end. It doesn't break. Nobody pauses for a second and says, really, you actually heard that and you actually believe that. Uh, this morning, I had a conversation with someone who actually had contracted this virus, and he gave me some very specific tips on how uh, he managed to uh, go around it, how some members in his family were tested, but all members in his family showed signs of the symptom, signs of symptoms, so they didn't think everybody needed to be tested, but everybody took the necessary precautions and went through it as if, and that's just a very simple, sane way of doing it. Now, at the end of the day, when he was talking to me, I said, the reason I want to hear from you firsthand is so that I can listen. Even though I'm hearing from you, I'm listening to what you're saying. If I already had a pre-educated mind in the sense or a preconditioned mind in the sense that, you know what, this virus is going to be the death of all as to one camp uh, proposes and, or oh, this virus is not going to harm me at all as the other camp proposes. One comes at it with supreme arrogance and the other comes at it with supreme overconfidence and neither of those actually result in a solution. It's just shouting based on your political affiliation and your personal ideology. But when I, when he was actually speaking, I was listening to his words. He says, yes, there was a three or four day period in between where the symptoms were a little more exacerbated and as a result of that, because I'm pre-inclined to have some sinus infection and some issues, I think uh, that uh, got aggravated a little more. I said, what are some of the common sense things you had to do around this without ascribing to whether it is scientific to wear a mask or unscientific to not or uh, purely heresy to accept a vaccine or purely be a sheeple to wait for one? Whatever your school thought is, I said, what are some practical things you would suggest that helped you and will help me if I ever came in contact with it or contract it? 
And he says, oh, take an ample supply of vitamins. This is something we have always believed in. I think our immunity was a little stronger because we took those supplements. We fortified ourselves with some of the vitamins that are more needed to combat this or to whatever. He was not giving me a medical opinion. So those of you who are listening to this, I'm not a doctor. I'm Indian, which means I, I qualify. And no, I'm kidding. But what I'm saying simply is this. Don't get ahead of yourself. When you hear information, ask yourself, are you listening or is it just sound vibrating? When you're part of a conversation, are you genuinely listening to what they are saying? Are you willing to act on what they are saying? If not, you're just a a passive bystander looking at that information saying, you know what, you're just saying it's vitamins and I have a friend who went into a hospital and never came out. You think a little dose of vitamin C would have saved him? That is extreme. And extreme conversations seem to be birthed out of this never-ending supply of ignorance. Again, remember, this is Monday Musings. We're just having some fun. The second is stop viewing and start observing. What's the difference here? We have become a voyeuristic society. Years ago, Ravi Zacharias used to quote a poem by William Blake called this, Eyes dim windows off the soul, distorts the heavens from pole to pole, and goads us to believe a lie when you see with and not through the eye. We're supposed to see through the eye with a conscience, which means our mind and our heart needs to observe that which we are watching, have rational, emotional reaction to it. We are voyeuristic, which means it's passed by our television screen as urgent news or breaking news. And you see a number that says 1500. And the next day you see a number that says 3700. And you put on your thinking hat and you do your math and you say 1500, 3700 that, oh my God, you know, it's X thousand more. And you're, you're, because it's, you're just viewing. You're not observing. You're not analyzing the information for yourself. You're not digesting it by saying, what does this mean to me? Even those who read a book read it in three different ways. What is the author's intent? What is the author trying to say to me? If I had to relay this information to someone else, how would I say it? So we go through observation when we read a prescription. We go through observation when we are given a diagnosis. When the diagnosis is printed out on a piece of paper and tells you what you're going through and what you will experience if you're going to go through some kind of medical treatment, you read everything, you internalize everything. But right now we are in that voyeuristic stage. Uh, Last week I was asked to co-host a radio show, uh, a conservative radio show, and I said, though I don't like to give political opinions, I try to give social rants. Uh, I talked about the three levels of an argument that in apologetics we are taught, and then I gave them that second level of the argument being the media-driven argument, which means you're bombarded with information, some of it ignorant, and even those that are in error, very rarely will they come back and recant. Very rarely will they come back and say, hey, you know, that day when you were in the throes of grief, when your roommates, that total panic and that absolute meltdown, when you felt that the whole world was going to get uh, constricted around you and as a result leave you breathless. We made some erroneous comments that may have expanded that fear that you had or created an expression in you that was so different and so debilitating and so sidelining. But now, you know, we think that we we, we made a rush to judgment. Whatever it is, we made a rush to judgment and uh, we were prejudicial in our reporting. It's very easy to report that someone is prejudiced, but it's very hard for someone to say, hey, we were prejudicial in our reporting. 
It's very easy to accuse you of bias because then you have to go defend yourself. But it's very hard to be someone who comes back and with considerable dignity can stand in front of you and say, hey, since you just view and don't observe, you're not going to remember the fact that I never really apologized for that error I committed. So the first thing, stop hearing, start listening. Second thing, stop viewing, start observing. And third thing, stop relaying, start communicating. Uh, I remember some years ago, I was part of a motivational program uh, that uh, ran uh, programs all over the country. And then there was some issues that came up with uh, some of the organizations we worked with. And a national television or a national uh, news network got a hold of me as a participant over a period of time and wanted uh, some insider knowledge saying, hey, you know, we're hearing rumors of what's happening around this particular genre or this particular movement and we just want to uh, we just want to get some inside skinny from you since you were part of it my immediate thought was wow this will catapult me this 15 minutes of fame is all i need this soundbite is all i need if if i can carefully carefully articulate my soundbites and it shows up on a national syndicated program oh watch out world dunham is a name that will be reckoned with and it was me myself and i right I was more worried about what it would do to my reputation as I tried to possibly participate in the damage of another's reputation. And wiser counsel prevailed. I called some of my friends who were better, who were better experienced in this and who had actually dealt with these kind of situations at the zenith of their career where they realized that something they said on the spur of the moment that they thought was innocent and innocuous was actually misconstrued and came back to harm him. But the question a colleague asked me was very profound. He simply said, as a result of this encounter, what difference will it make to you personally? I said, what are you talking about? He says, by participating and engaging in this, would you be actually communicating something you desperately believe? Or would you be just relaying what you think would get them some exposure and use some visibility? And I suddenly began to realize there is a profound difference between relaying information that you think will get a rise out of someone and communicating information that will be impactful and actually provide some kind of purpose in their journey. So as Mondays are designed to be light and uh, maybe today was just a rant, but I decided to embark on investigating ignorance. Now, here's the interesting thing. When I turned 35, I remember calling my pop and saying, hey, dad, how are you? And he looked at me, he says, son, you're finally 35 years of age. I said, yes, dad. He says, do you finally feel as ignorant as you thought I was when I was your age? And I remember that Mark Twain quote we read at the start of this saying that when my dad was at a certain age, I thought he was ignorant. And when I grew a little older, I began to realize how smart he now suddenly seemed. This morning when I was talking to my dad, I said, he said, son, why are we going through some of the upheaval in this world? And I remember one of my spiritual mentors giving me this advice just a couple of weeks ago. He said, sometimes it's easier to raise children because we can, we can write off their reaction to either the innocence or their lack of maturity. The hardest thing is to raise adults who seem set in some of their ignorant ways. 
When you look at the man on the street interviews that are conducted and sometimes in jest, I know we all laugh at those videos when you ask someone on a July 4th weekend innocuously on a Malibu beach, hey, you know, do you realize what July 4th is? And the people say independence. And when you ask them, who did we get independence from? And this is in America. And the majority of people say, I don't know. And ironically, it'll turn out to be someone from another country who actually knows that. But the, the question is not which country you're from or whatever. If you do not know in the annals of human history who America got its independence from, we got bigger fish to fry. That is ignorance on such a mammoth scale. It has nothing to do with EQ or IQ or level of education or social interaction or communities or neighborhoods or the school district you go to or what the school board stands for. Basic knowledge is basic knowledge. That's why George Orwell said, ignorance will be strength, freedom will be slavery, and war will be peace when he wrote 1984 all those years ago in 1948. And if you read that Orwellian prediction, he says, you know, we may come to a point where society will tell you what to read. Huxley, of course, uh, went on a different thing in Brave New World. He says, no, we'll be too entertained by ourselves and we'll find ways to entertain ourselves. We'll be too entertained to want to read. Regardless of which end of the spectrum we are, we are now perilously close to man-made ignorance being probably the biggest threat. We talk about everything being an existential threat to this world, whether it is the change of the weather, the patterns of society, the politics of a nation, or the consumption of fuel, or whether we need to approach the sun for more energy or tap the wind, whatever our goals are. Man's greatest existential threat right now since the beginning of humanity is this desire to constantly participate and parade in this endless ignorance. So that's one thing to muse on this week and without getting too caught up in it, ask yourself some simple questions. Do you hear more than you listen? Do you view more than you observe? And do you relay more than you communicate? If so, you won't have to worry about ignorance because by participating in listening, in observing, and in communicating, you will be on the other end of the spectrum saying, hey, I know there's an unending supply of ignorance, but I'm not on the, on the side of people who have a great demand for it. So in my books, your endless supply of ignorance will stop because I choose not to consume it. Until next time, God bless. That concludes another episode of Purpose and Productivity with Chris Dunham, brought to you by Skylife Success. Please subscribe, rate, and visit us on the web at chrisdunham.com and skylifesuccess.com, where you can find our social media links and access to additional resources. Till next time, happy learning and happy living.